RadioInfluence.com. Oh my God, I'm back. Back, 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 in sunny Florida, hot Florida. Grapefruit League going on. We're getting closer to the playoffs, closer to the playoffs in the NHL, NBA. We got a NFL all year round. I was at the Combine. I talked to a lot of people inside the, well, just a lot of people, a lot of people, whether it be media, those that cover these teams, uh, national reporters, uh, the GM Jason Light and head coach Todd Bowles got a couple of questions in both when they would be up on the podium and also off to the side. We got a chance to talk with them. I got great stories about being in Indianapolis. Tons of stories. Very, very interesting. Great time. Always good to be home. But now, let me bring in my guest. He is the former NFL, former Texas Longhorns quarterback. Now he is media star. He's been climbing. I know there's a lot of you that are like, oh, Chris Sims. Oh, I don't like that guy. Well, he gives strong opinions. Is he always right? He says, no, he's not always right. But he takes his stance he and he, he's always been good to me. I've always really liked him and he can't be any better and nicer to me. And so once again, he he makes his return. I saw him. He said, great, let's do it. I'll give you the whole backstory on this guy. And I'll tell you what, he gets hit up to do interviews. Now, he's already doing a ton of interviews for NBC Sports Peacock. He's there with Florio, Mike Florio. And he's up on a set and he works a lot of hours and they're constantly bringing over people and he's on camera, this and that. And as soon as he comes off, there's usually a line of TV reporters from around the country. They want to ask about Cleveland or they want to ask about the Washington Commanders or they want to ask about the Denver Broncos. And he doesn't say no to anybody, even though he's there working and he needs a break. There's a line. And of all the analysts that were there working, I swear to God, he gets hit the mo- hit up the most. And he says yes to everybody. So I just want to throw that in there. That's a little behind the scenes. All right, without further ado, mostly on his broadcasting career, he hits on his football career. Here he is, the big guy, the big, tall lefty from New Jersey, University of Texas. Oh, we always remember him as a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback. NBC Sports, big lefty, Chris Sims. All righty, the superstar. Here he is, Chris Sims. He's returning. It's been a year since I saw you. You look fantastic. You're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't mean that physically. I mean that in the media business. Congrats on your continuing success, Chris. Thank you. That's very nice of you. Um, yeah, I've been fortunate. And, and, you know, you know me from back in the day. I love football. I love studying it. I'm a, I'm a gym rat that way. And then... Yeah, I'm a big mouth from New Jersey, so that works well in this in this you know in this uh, profession. That's for sure. No, when did you realize that you have to take a strong opinion and stand by it? And even even with guys that you know that you that, that are in the league, and you know, I know it, it's a, the toughest thing about it. You know, and and unfortunately, when you're negative, that's when you hear from people in the league. And then I go, well, wait, but I kissed your butt a hundred other times. You've never called to say, hey, thanks for kissing my butt. So that bothers me at times. But it's part of the business. And, you know, I think anybody that would have known me even before I got in this business, they would have gone, this is the way Chris is. This is that's who I was. I mean, I was always the guy that 
walked in the locker room and started a fracas of like, you know, Kobe or LeBron or something like that. I've always been that sports junkie, not afraid to put myself out there with an opinion or a thought. Um, I think that's kind of been my MO. And, you know, again, I, I don't want to disrespect people or do anything like that. I've been fortunate to learn from a lot of great minds. Uh, I do work at it hard. I'm not always right. But, you know, because of my work, as you know, when you work at it and you really know it, it allows you to be free and talk and not have to BS or think about anything else. And, uh, you know, I, I think I just learned that, hey, sometimes even if I was nice to everybody, people aren't going to like you all the time. I learned that watching my dad grow up in New York where I'd go, you know, I'd see that all the time. Great point. It's funny, now that you're doing this and these years are going by, some young people might know you just as a, I don't say just no, as a broadcaster no, they, they and do. not a player. Was it true that Gronk didn't even know that you played? He, he did not. And that was a while ago. So he has no excuse. But yeah, this is like, but yes, yeah, Gronk, that's a great story. I'm throwing, I'm working for the Patriots. He's, I'm, I'm kind of a help in the tight, out, tight end position out uh, a little bit. And it's training camp, and I'm throwing footballs to him during a little drill. And he kind of looks at me, and he goes, man, you throw a good ball. Man, your arm's strong. And I go, well, you know I played in the NFL, right? And he, oh, you did? And I was like, yeah, I played for eight years. And I was like, you know my dad's Phil Sims, right? And he, I had no idea. So that's the beauty of Gronk. But, you know, to your original point, there's no doubt. I've had a few guys up here even today, big-time college players. They know me from TV. And then I ask them how the combine is. And I go, oh, yeah, it's tough. And they're like, oh, you played? And I was like, oh, yeah, I played in the So that's that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> no, you look you look in great shape. Do you? Do you? Do, what do you do? You you must. I was going to say. out. Yeah, I do. I'm a... I'm, um, I, I, for my mental health, I need to work out. That's my biggest thing. It's it's my good hour to check out a life and you know just you know take care of my body. So I, I enjoy still sprinting and I lift weights a little bit and I try to watch what I eat, but I'm not always the best in that department. <laughs> no, you're not like TV12. All right, two more and that's it. Yeah. Since Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers, number one, do you believe that was the right decision? that Tom made to retire? I, I do. I do. You know, I, I mean, again, could he go in the right situation and still be effective quarterback? Sure. But I think it would really have to be the right situation. The team has to be at a certain level to make it work with Tom Brady, in my opinion, at this point. He's still really good. But I think if you put him in some teams with bad pass protection and some other issues there, he's not Tom Brady anymore that he's going to be able to carry that team and overcome some of those obstacles they have with a football team, right? So there's, a, to me, only a limited few teams that would have made sense for him. Um, you know, hey, you saw, you're in Tampa. I, I'm not trying to, you know, disrespect the GOAT, the man. I know who he is, but there was a reluctance to hold the ball in the pocket, a reluctance to push the ball down the field at times, right? We know he was never a real mobile guy to begin with, and it's less than now. So, you know, those are, those are hard things to overcome. And as you see, you know, the hey, the game right now, you're looking at, Jalen Hurts and Mahomes and Josh Allen. You know, it's not so much about protecting the ball and 71% completion percentage anymore. You know, the guy that won the Super Bowl two years ago led the NFL in interceptions. All the top quarterbacks this year were kind of at the top in the league in the interceptions. It's about pushing the ball down the field, being aggressive, explosive plays. To me, is really one of the number one factors in the league right now. And yeah, Brady, I, I think, misses out in that department compared to the top end quarterbacks. My last one. Right now, they've only got Kyle Trask. Yeah. Now they're talking him up. Yeah. Right. 
Right. <laughs> okay. What What would you think? Now, granted, they're 55 over the salary cap. You got to pay the piper. However, the NFC South is not that str uh, strong. No, no, that's right. You're so what do you think they should do? What right. would you do? Right. You know, I, I certainly, you know, Kyle Trask, he was not my favorite coming out in the draft. But, man, I mean, I know Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich liked them, so that makes me second-guess myself a little bit, okay? I have great respect for them. Um, I would have a hard time thinking he's just going to get the red carpet and they're going to you're going to start, right? No, he might take the first rep at OTAs, right? But I think there's going to be some sort of veteran presence. To your point, I'd be hard-pressed to think that, you know, maybe even a Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody like that, who you go, hey, maybe he's not the long-term answer, but maybe for the next year or two, this would make sense, whatever. I can envision something like that happening as well. Do you have any advice to Brady as being a broadcaster now? Oh. It's, a, it's a totally different thing. What would you tell Tom? Maybe Tom's listening. Well, I mean, Tom is an awesome guy. He's got a great personality. He can let it fly. I mean, he can be real deal, awesome guy to be around, you know, and that would be the only thing. It's just like, hey, don't be don't be worried about being everybody's best friend, right? You know, don't be afraid every now and then. just give us the truth, the honest breakdown. And hey, you can say, hey, this is hard. This is not easy, but this guy messed up or this is not my favorite call in this situation. He's got so much knowledge from Belichick and his own, you know, his own self that he could really teach some people a lot of stuff and I, I really think he'll be great at it I honestly do maybe he'll be as good as you as you are as a broadcaster well, we'll see. I mean he's better than me as a quarterback that's for sure so I don't want him to pass me up in this department <laughs> hey thanks as always man hey you the man all right I really appreciate that and uh thank you big man but when he shakes my hand like he has got a paw you don't realize how big his stinking hands are uh but I uh, just he's been good to me been good to me. That was interesting, wasn't it? I, I He doesn't even have an answer on what really they should do at quarterback. It's uh, on another podcast, on another day, I'll get into a little bit more X's and O's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But this, the rock stops here, is more behind the scenes. All right. And what's going on? We're still here at my in-laws. Haven't bought a house. That's going to take a while. We sold our house and we're in limbo. But very thankful for my in-laws to uh, to taking us in. All right, I gotta say that um, the convention center is where it was ground zero. That's where everything goes on. Same thing for the Super Bowl. Once you get to the weekend, then they shut up. They 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 stop shop. They close everything up at the convention center, and then everything moves to the stadium. Well, once they started doing the workouts. That's exactly what happened with these top college prospects. And I got to get up close and really see what it's like for these kids. Can you imagine you've worked your entire high school, college career, off season, all the hours, putting in the time to get bigger, stronger, faster. You have agents, you have, you're going to take care of your family and you got a lot of family members that are there that are banking on you. Uh, your universe, like there's a lot, there is a lot. And these kids, the kids are kids. They're big and they're strong. They might look older, but they're kids. And this is their big time, the NFL combine. And it was really, really interesting. Um, I saw a bunch of the linemen before they, they were heading out from the com from the uh, convention center and making the walk over to the stadium. 
and then I got in the stadium and see what that's like. Now, actually, if you're a fan, it's kind of boring. You, They have NFL Network with the drills. They have NFL Network up on the big uh, scoreboards, like the Jumbotron, so you can see there. But it's very, very quiet in there. And I got to tell you, Lucas Oil Stadium, I'm impressed. Boy, when I go to these other stadiums, I see that I say like, wow, Raymond James Stadium is, it's still nice. It's nice. I know they've done some upgrades, but oh my God, it was indoors. It was, it was gorgeous. It had that Midwestern, that Indiana feel, these big steel girders and beams that they had. They had big windows big huge windows it was just it almost looks like kind of like a barn but nice from the outside really nice easy to get to in and out once again because last year i was at indy and that was coming off the pandemic and i thought the city was very very quiet and slow because of that it's just a slow gray place probably to raise a family that type of thing a lot of the restaurants stored, like say, for example, if you want to get something quick to eat, there's a couple of steak and shakes. And that's where I went one time. I also went to a Hooters. I had a gift certificate there. Um, and but like I was just wanting to get a sandwich one day, you know, and it was probably like 630 and everything was closing down, even a subway. Now, I'm not a subway guy, but like. Wow, they're sweeping up. They're shutting down at 7, 7, 7. It's like I'm used to things staying open a little bit earlier, later. Um, everybody goes, anybody who's anybody with the NFL, whether you're in the front office, whether you work on the, with the team, whether you cover a team, whether you're a national reporter, whether you're an agent, whether you're trying to schmooze, former players, head coaches, they all go to the JW Marriott. And the first day I was there, I was just I was just kind of wiped out because I had to get up at 3.30. The flight was 6.15. You had to be there 4.30 or so. Five, you know, quarter to 5.05. Five. I did the, um, I drove. It was too early to have my wife at 3.30 in the morning get up. She's got a long day at school, what she's doing, working, another job. And so I just parked in the economy parking lot. But I, it's, you know, you know, if you're familiar with TIA, you no longer get on a bus. It's nice. They have this nice uh, like tram from the economy parking lot. But again, it all takes time and blah, blah, blah. And boy, oh boy, there's a lot of people flying in and out of Tampa. We're in the heart of the travel season and the uh, tourist season here. Damn, it was crowded. But no problems. And the flight out. In the row in front of me was a mother about, she had like three little ones with a, with a husband who was on the other side. And there was a little girl like in between her right in front of me and, and, and like another aunt or sister or something like that. She talked from 6.15 all the way to touchdown at Indy. Never stopped talking. Never took a breath of air, you know, a break. The entire time. I tell this to my wife. She goes, why do you care? Well, it's right in front of me. I tried as hard as I could. I did fall asleep for about half hour. That was pretty good. You just, just droning on. What was she talking about? Nothing. But it's like the entire time. 6.15. 
And then the poor little kids, when you're going to be coming down, the screaming with the uh, their ears, you know, uh, whatever. But anyway, get in nice, easy. Uber was piece of cake, twenty bucks. That's it from the airport right to my hotel, Holiday Inn, right next to Lucas Oil Stadium, couple of blocks, four or five blocks walk, mile at the most to the convention center, little bit chilly in the mornings, like 41, 45 degrees, which I love. I just don't, I'm not a real heat guy, just me. I know a lot of you, I just, I've been down here 25 years and I'm probably gonna be buried here, but I love it. I didn't even bring a winter coat. I did not. I brought like a little sweatshirt, white sweatshirt with the hood, two shirts underneath. I'm good to go. And I did a ton of walking. I loved it. I, it woke me up. Uh, but anyway, and so I did all that. So I didn't make it to the JW Marriott. I did make it to the JW Marriott on day number two, night number two. Steve, who is my man from Joe Buck's fan, said, hey, I'm going to be there. And I said, I'm there. So I went. And it was great. I met a young guy that just got his, he passed the bar and he wants to get into sports, like sports agent, sports, you know, use your law degree that way somehow. He's out of Miami. Ryan, he was a good dude. He was sitting next to me. Really get along with him. Great. He had been an intern at the Miami Dolphins. Now he has a job in a firm, which he doesn't really, you know, you know, you got to have your first couple of jobs. You're not going to have the greatest thing. But he was there. He was there with his friend. His friend works with the commanders. And then they were just there knowing where to go and schmoozing. And one agent came down, sat next to him. He's like, hi, Ryan. And blah, blah, blah. I was there for a drink. He left. I said, who's that? He's all oh, that's Tom Brady's agent or one of Brady's agents. I said, you know Tom Brady's agent? You just got your law degree? He goes, yeah, I met him here last year. He remembered me. That's how it works. You got to know somebody. It's how it works. I know it was always like you got to know somebody you do. And then when you get that opportunity, you run with it if you're prepared. And then then more and more keep coming in, coming in, former players, those that are working on the teams, the media, I saw Schefter, Diana Rossini, ESPN, it, it, rap sheet. It just goes on and on and on and on. And it was four or five deep. I have friends that work in the uh, hospitality industry here in Tampa Bay. And I thought that some of the bars and restaurants in here ha hopping, same, uh, you know, downtown St. Pete, downtown Tampa, Clearwater Beach, Dunedin, Safety Harbor. Holy shizit. This JW Marriott. And the beers are not cheap. Like one beer was like nine bucks, like a Mick Ultra or Bud Light, like cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be cheap. And, you know, thank you to the Joes. They bought me a couple of beers and I was pounding them and I was loving it. And it was great. I ran into Roman Oban. He was a former Buccaneer lineman and i hosted on tv the roman oban show for like two years but that's a long time ago 20 years probably and i don't know if he, he looked in good shape i know he had some type of fallout and got into a slap fight and punched chidi ahanatu in the nose or something at the super bowl i didn't bother going there i wasn't around i don't know i know both of those guys so i didn't know but i used to host the roman oban show now i've known chidi and like chidi you know, from the past. But I said hello to him. He remembered me. He actually got me a football signed by Brad Johnson for my son, who was young at the time. I didn't even ask him. I thought that was kind of cool. But he was he looks in great shape. He's working for the, I believe it's the NFL. He was working for a team. I think he's working for a, uh, the NFL now. But it was great. It was just great. 
Everybody was in a good mood. This is the same thing that I noticed at the Super Bowl. If you're in media and you're there and you have a credential and you are fortunate to be at these big, big, big events, you don't act like an asshole. Nobody was acting like a jerk off, a jag off. It was great. Great. Now, Media Row and Radio Row was not as big at this one as the Super Bowl. That was a whole different animal. But this, again, the Washington Commanders, Tennessee Titans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Denver Broncos, Giants Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers, Oakland Raiders, or Las Vegas Raiders, they all have their digital crews and their report team reporter and another reporter and then you know and they all have tables on radio it's media row you can't really call it radio row anymore and then there were stations there was wvmp uh chicago station right behind us i sat at the joe bucks fan table the ira kaufman podcast sage was ball booked to go he couldn't make it his wife they had had you know Dealing with some medical situation and just so he did the right. He could not make it, but we missed him. But I sat at their table and there's also a big media room far away on the convention. And when I was writing a couple of stories for the Tampa Free Press, I would go over there and just concentrate and then do that thing. But uh, there was Oakland Raiders uh, radio, um, KOA Denver. A lot of the TV affiliates would send a reporter, photographer, Kansas City, Cleveland. I can go down the list. And it was kind of neat. And what happens? What happens is it's called the NFL Combine. Oh, you're going to see these kids. They're, they're, they're running the 40 and they're doing the vertical jump and how many bench press and all that. Let me tell you something. The first day to two days is just all NFL. It's all NFL teams. It's head coaches. It's GMs. It's director of player personnel agents uh and that's what it is and then at night is when you get the information you see coaches you start having a couple of drinks i mean just walking around i i walked back and forth to my hotel i saw the dallas cowboys coordinator he used to be the atlanta falcons coach was a quinn um harbaugh from the ravens walked right by me on a, on a street corner, nobody around near him. I saw representatives from the Ravens that were at Steak and Shake one night. There was also a GM of one of the teams, and, and I thought there was actually an owner that was there. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. But anyway, but it was really, really cool. Once again, I love the big events. I am a big event guy. I love it. And you get to know some other reporters from around the country. And it was really, really, it was really, really neat. And I look at, I like Phoenix because it was a low key city when I was there for the Super Bowl. And the same thing with Indianapolis. I didn't realize how crowded the Tampa Bay area is getting until I go out to some of these other cities. We have so many people visiting us daily. So many people moving here. Like if I try to go down to Vinickville where the lightning play, we went with my wife and my daughter and we just, you know, parked and tried. Parking is hard. There's so many people. Sparkman's Wharf. We went to there last Saturday to do a little bowling with uh, Lolita and her, for her kids and, 
And it was just, it took me an hour to find a parking space and just so many people. And it's like, you go to Indy, there's nobody around. It's so low key. Phoenix was low key as hell too. It's just, it, you don't realize until you go to another city. Um, and it's just, it, it was really something else. Um, oh, I just, I had to write this down about flying. Like, I don't know. I still like to fly and go to different places. Now, we're going to be going to Denver in another two weeks, three weeks. And that's a family trip uh, on Emily's side. She's got three friends that live in the Littleton, Englewood, south of Denver area. She wants to hit all three. She's already called. She's made plans. It's all set up. I haven't made any plans. <laughs> and I guess, you know, I like to do things on the fly. And I also don't like to commit on my free time because then you're stuck. And there's certain days where maybe you don't feel like pounding beers or talking. I'm not going to go and have coffee with a friend. Uh, another guy is just not me. And so we're going to see how it goes. I'm going to try to visit my one friend. I hadn't talked to him in 20 years. And when the Lightning were playing the Colorado Avalanche, we talked on the phone last year and we, we, he was laughing. He was busting balls. He's very sarcastic, dry sense of humor. And I said, you sound like, just like it was 20 years ago. He goes, you sound the same way too. So you know what? I am going to try to visit him. But maybe that day, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drive my wife around and be the chauffeur. So she likes to, I like to drop her off, pick her up. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, maybe one of the times when I visit him, you drive me and pick me up. That way I can have some some beers and party a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see how that goes, but it's going to be more of a family trip. But I still kind of like flying, even though flying, like when they make that announcement, when you're at the airport and you're waiting for your flight and you're like, okay, all right, we're getting ready. We're going to start boarding in 10 minutes. Uh, we'll take those. We're pre-boarding first. Uh, by the way, this is a totally full flight. We asked, uh, you know, the overhead compartment is used for this. And we are giving $250 vouchers if you want to give up your ticket. You're like, fuck. Like, it's totally full. Damn it. And then... And then coming back from Indy, totally full flight. You know, and then the Miami, there was an Orlando flight here. You heard over the last, totally full flight. Everybody's flying to Florida. And I was down at 24A or D, and I'm sitting in my seat, and the flight is just about, man, everybody's there. And this seat is empty between my in the middle. I said, oh, man. And here comes a guy. Walking down, he goes, I'm right there. He goes, I can see it on your face. You're probably like, I don't want to see that guy. I said, no, nah, it's okay, dude. I mean, you're stuck in the middle. And he's like, I haven't been on a flight since 2007. I said, 2007, really? And then da-da-da-da-da-da. But he wasn't prior to that. My, my wife goes, why do you even care or worry about somebody around you? Well, I can't avoid it. A couple comes walking down. They're going to sit behind me. The guy was loud. 
one of those talking loud. I say kind of redneck. Am I even allowed to say that now? I'm saying it because you know why? His wife dropped a water bottle, but it was like um, like a hydro flask type of thing, metal. Boom. And he goes, you dropped your bottle, woman. Woman, pick up your bottle. That's exactly how he talked. Woman. I'm like, oh, boy. And he was loud. And they sit right behind me. And she said this. Oh, I wanted the window. That way I can see when we're going to crash. And she not only said it once, she said it again. Yeah, I really want to look out the window when we're going to crash. Are you allowed to say that now? Like, I didn't say anything, but I was, I was, if they keep going, I'm going to turn around, man. And I'm like, don't, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of flying, but are you supposed to bust on that? And then he started saying some stupid shit real loud. He pushed his knee a couple times, like right up. It was getting ready into my back. Like, God, dude, some people do. And he, they were grown. I would say he's 50 years old. Like, how do they not know how to act? How is this possible? You do not know how to act. You're 50 years old. But guess what? Once we took off, I didn't hear a peep until we landed. I think maybe he fell asleep. So it really wasn't too bad. And then the kids again crying with their ears as it's coming down. But other than that, you know what? It really wasn't bad. Now, I will say this. Once we got to TIA, I'm not used to do. I've done long-term parking. And then other than that, maybe dropped off by my wife early. I hadn't done the economy lot in a while. I took a picture, level three, aisle six, brown, took the picture, had it in my phone. When you, are you like me? When you, if you go somewhere for four or five days, it feels like you're gone for a month. You've done so much stuff in Indy, in Phoenix, that it was like you you do not remember where you parked. So you take that picture. I took that picture. I am walking around and it was level three, 07, 08, 09, 010. There might have been an 11. I walked around that entire level three brown. I did not see level seven. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Am I going to have to call for assistance? Oh, my God. Then my wife called me. She was on a field trip, supervising. All kinds of stuff was going on. She was having a rough day. And I said, I can't find my car. She's like, are you sure you're in the right spot? Long term, I said, I'm going to have to call for assistance. She's like, oh, my God. And just boom. You know, like she's got to like, really? Really? You went on vacation. She called a vacation. I was having fun. And here she's been dealing with everything here. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, maybe it's totally on the other section, even though that looks like it's purple. And I got over there, and it, there was level three, but aisle six. And I got my car. I must have walked around for like uh, one hour. I'm not, I'm not afraid to tell you. I walked around for about one hour before I found my car. And then I got in, and then I was off, and then I paid it, and then I was off to go. And there you go. So all in all, <laughs> it was a good, good time. There was another thing that I saw that I thought that was kind of neat. Like I say, these kids, these, they're big boys. I was by with the uh, the linemen, uh, college NFL prospects. And 
it was the day that they had done like these interviews and they give them all kinds of information. They all came out, they had backpacks and their big boys are on their phones and they're just milling around. I'm like, look at these kids. A lot of these kids, these are hype draft picks. They're going to make a ton of money. They're going to be NFL stars. Some of them, some of them are going to be busts, but high level picks like, wow, look at, look at, and they're kids. So they were on their phones a little bit and they were just kind of milling around and just like, they've worked so hard to get to this level and they're going to be on a worldwide stage. NFL Network is putting this on. And so they were walking over and they were kind of focused. Well, later that night, I went out and about. Oh, I'll tell you this. So I had I had hit it pretty hard on Wednesday night after midnight all that then i'm first up back in i want to get interviews i gotta i have got a boat i got two months worth of unbelievable great guests that are not just from the tampa bay area coming up on the rock stops here podcast i don't even want to give away everything it's awesome okay so i stockpiled and i hit it hard on that one night staying out late so third thursday i was going to leave friday morning I was not about to party two nights in a row. I can't do back to back. I just, I just, I can't. So I was going to have a low key night. I get back to the Holiday Inn. I change, put on my jeans. They had a little workout room. I was going to walk to an anytime fitness, but I only brought shorts and it was 41, 45 at night, 50, maybe 48. And it was a long miles away. And I would have done it if I had, I should have brought like longer pants. I was like, eh. So I just did the hotel gym. And did a little bit, you know, and I was kind of tired. I'm like, I'm just going to walk, get something to eat. And I get a text. Now, I got a text a, a day earlier. It was Ian Beckles. He's a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and he's been on radio for 20 years. And I've known him. And I've, I've hung with him. I've been to his house. He's been to my house. And uh, he texts me. He's like, you and Indy? I hadn't really followed his Instagram during... I was there. I was busy doing stuff. I wasn't following everybody's stuff. So I didn't know. I said, yeah. And I didn't hear anything. Next day, he goes, hey, where are you at? I said, oh, I said, I was going to go meet a friend. Um, but what are you doing? Okay, this is probably like at 6 o'clock, 6.30. Just starting to get dark, maybe close to 7. Getting a little chilly. And he goes, where are you staying? I'm staying at the Holiday Inn. I go, you got to be kidding me. You're at the Holiday Inn? I'm at the Holiday Inn. And I said, you want me to come by from some beer, with beers right now? And he comes back. He goes, you know what? I just got in my room. I'm going to chill for a little bit. Come on through a little bit later on. I said, gotcha. So I was like, oh, that's kind of late, man. I don't know if I want to, though. Because once, I don't know about you. But once I start getting going and I get a little buzz going, I'm going. Um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm going. And, but I was already tired. So anyway, I was like, yeah, okay, we'll see. So I go out. I got something to go at Hooters because I got a gift certificate. <laughs> I ended up getting a chicken salad because I hadn't eaten a salad for three days and basically it's a lot of lettuce and they got chicken it was big i didn't eat the whole thing anyway 
and I headed back and then my body started, you know, you go back to the hotel room. Now it's nine, nine o'clock. By the way, I walked all through Indy, all over. I saw the monument, walked around the city, checking things out, checking out stuff where it was last year. Da, 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 da. So I got in a good walk. I was in, and once I got back in the room and I sat down, I was like, my body started telling me like I'm tired. So I texted Ian and I said, Ian, you know what, buddy? I think I'm going to pass on this one. I hit it hard the night before. Let's do it again. Uh, hopefully, we'll, 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 we'll hook up soon. All right, big man? Boom. Didn't hear from him. And that was it. So I watched some TV. I might have had a beer in my room. I bought like a four-pack of Tall Boys earlier in the week at like a CVS or something. And had some water and like, you know what? I'm going to call it a night. It's probably like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Middle of the night, I looked at my phone when I got up and I got a text from me and he goes, no worries. I fell asleep anyway. All good. And I gave him the thing. I said, hey, by the way, I don't know if you know, because I've been here for three days now. Everybody goes to the JW Marriott. Great place to like hook up, schmooze, hang. It's a who's who, man. And he put peace. So... I did not see him. I'm sure I'll see him and that's how. But he already knew that's the place to go. But it was cool. So then, but on that night, when I was walking around with my food, with my to-go bag, heading back to the hotel, I had to cross by the convention center. And it was at night. And some kids, big linemen, were walking out. They had finished their night they had finished their night of their workouts, their drills, the cone drill, the 40-yard dash. And it was just, they, they were walking right out, two or three of them. One had a, a hoodie, but just a, his head in the hood. They had their sh uh, short sleeves and their gym shorts. And it was almost like they were grinning and like, what a relief. Like we, we had it, we had our workouts and it was kind of cool to just see that like a little behind the scenes. This is the best time and one of the biggest times in their lives. And if they have a good combine, they had a good career, they wouldn't be there. They're going to make millions of dollars. They're going to take care of their families and they're going to, you know, it's kind of cool. It was neat to see. And just to see that behind the scenes being there at that time, I'm like, look at those kids. And when you look at them and they're kind of like, they still had energy. You know, after a long day and all this, and they were walking out because they're 22 years old. Do you remember when you were 22, 23 years old? So it was really, 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 really neat. It was really, really neat to see. Uh, I'm trying to think of what... I got a good call from a buddy of mine the day before I was going. Drew Felios. He listens to this podcast. He is the voice of Pickleball on TV. And on the web, pickleball is a sport that is growing in leaps and stinking bounds. And Drew got in at the right time. Yeah, I think it's going to be his niche. He is going to be for years and years and years and years. The TV voice, uh, telecast voice, digital voice of pickleball. But I got a call from him. He's a realtor now. He listens to the podcast. He heard about our situation, wanted to give me a few tips and advice and help me out. And I really appreciate that. That was really cool. It's really cool when you got good people that are down to earth and aren't calling you or trying to hook up with you just to get something. 
you know that's all that's 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 all it is that's that's what it's about man that is what it's about so we're still we had we put in a bid anybody that's saying that these prices these housing prices are going down they're full of shizit here in florida i don't know what it's like where you're living they are not they might stay on the market a little bit longer a little bit but we put in a bid strong bid it's ready to go and didn't get it and this house was on the market for 20 days we had another bling we put on for 28 days like holy crap man so we'll see we're still here at my in-laws and uh, we're very very i don't know what we would do what would you do you'd have to be renting and throwing money out somewhere so until they get sick of us, which might already be the case, it's only been a couple of weeks here, two, three weeks. Um, that is the case, and all is good. All is good. I want to thank Joe Buck's fan for including me in in their coverage during Combine Week. It was very, very neat being with those guys, hanging with those guys. I appreciate it. Uh, and it was just a great time. I just love it. I just love it. I just love the big events. I really, really do. Let me see. Is there anything else? We had a lot of turbulence, too, on the uh, on the flight back. I mean, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, let me leave you with this. I'm glad I just jotted this down because I have Anheuser's and I will forget it. So check this out. Now, I'll leave you with this story. I fly in. I like flying in early in the morning. You're never, you're not going to be delayed usually. Yeah, you're tired as hell. I know Lee from Joe Buxman is like, look, I used to do that and I waste a day. I have to take a nap. I get it, but I get a second win. My wife does not. Even my body is tired. I like getting into a city at 9.15. And then I had to wait about a good 45 minutes for my Uber over a half hour. It would be this one, and then, nope, it would be a different driver, and there was two or three groups that came by right by me and had their driver. But overall, and I got out, and I was standing outside waiting. I was like, ooh, it feels chilly. I love it. Love it. So I was standing there, and I'm waiting, waiting, and here comes the new head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dave Canales. He's a young guy, was in Seattle, and he's the new head coach of the Bucs. And he comes by. He's wearing a baseball hat. He just looked like a young guy. Nobody, nobody knew him. I said, hey, Dave. He looked over. He grinned. I said, hey. And just let him go. He got into his Uber with one or two staff members of the Buccaneers. Boom. Then a Jenna Lane. She's a reporter for ESPN. And she was all smiles. Very nice. We were chatting. Boom, 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 boom. She got her Uber. Boom. She got away and she went. But prior to that, he's a coach he is whatever, quality, assistant, control, offensive, guru, QB. His name is Tom Moore. You can look him up. He's 85 years old. 85. Now, he was a hire under Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians knew him. And he's coached all the greats as a quarterback. And with Brady here. And so Arians hired him. 85 years old. Here he comes with his luggage. With two young guys on the Bucks staff, they couldn't have been more than 26 years old. Tom was hanging with them. 
and he comes across. Now he doesn't know me for Adam. Again, he's we never talked to him, and he's eighty five, and he just does his thing. I said, "Hey, Tom," and he's like, "Hey," he grinned. So he's standing right next to me, and they're waiting for their Uber. I said, "Tom, how many of these? How many of these you been to?" And he goes, "All of them." Since the first one, I said, how about that? Where was that, Tom? And I think he said they used to have two places. I thought he said Detroit in another place. And then one year it was in New Orleans. I said, what do you think of it being here in Indy, Tom? He goes, it's perfect. Walk everywhere. It's perfect. And I said, that's great, Tom. And then I thought it was my Uber, Lyft, by the way. I'm a Lyft guy. And it was theirs. And I walked down. I said, Tom, it's yours there. And he was smiling and smiling. And I'm like, look at that. He is with two guys in their 20s. He's traveling. No, no, no. He's not getting anything extra. He's 85 years old. So get this. Wait till you hear this. So when I was up late at night, it's probably about 11 o'clock, 11.15. I'm at the bar at the JW Marriott. Got to see. It is packed. It is four or five deep at the bar. Music is blasting. Everybody is partying, having a great time. Here comes Tom Moore at the walking into the bar, going to his group. And I looked down, I was like 11, 10. How many 85-year-olds are out at 11, 10 in a packed bar in in, 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 in uh, uh, Indy? at 85 years old partying. How about that? And then I know someone that told me that last year he saw Tom Moore at this same bar at the Combine at like 1045 at night eating nachos and eating wings. How about that? Most 85-year-olds I know Go for the early bird special to dinner. Down here, they start waiting in line at 345 at 4 o'clock. I'm not kidding you. Tom Moore's out that late. And a guy I know asked Tom Moore about, there's this rumor, Tom, that you're breaking down film at One Buck Place at 4 o'clock in the morning. Is it true? Yeah, it is. Tom Moore says it's worked for him for years. He goes to bed and sleeps from 9 to 1 a.m. It's 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. It might be 9 to 2. He gets up. He works out in his home. He takes a shower, and he drives to the facility at One Buck Place, and by 4.15 a.m. every morning, he is breaking down film. He beat Brady in the building. He beats Todd Bowles in the building. He, How about that? At 85 years old. And he was out partying at 11.15 at the Combine in Indy. He is now my new hero. He is now who I look up to. Prior to this, it was Sly Stallone. Because Sly Stallone is 75 years old. And I had a chance to interview him one-on-one. And he looked and was cool as hell. And I look at Sly and I'm saying, and my brother's like, yeah, he's on juice, whatever. He looks fantastic. And he had been my hero. My new hero is Tom Moore. And Tom Moore told my friend I got 16 more years to go. Maybe he's 84. Maybe he's 84. 
He wants to keep doing this till he's 100. God bless him. And God bless you. Listen, have a great day, everybody. All right, guys. If you're not subscribed, please hit the subscribe button. And wait till you see who I got next. I got a good one. I got some great ones. All right. Great mood. Great mood. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later.